Welcome to Healthcare IT Today. I'm John Lynn, together with my colleague and friend, Colin Hung. The world of technology and healthcare are changing in new and novel ways, and that's why we love this stuff. So join us as we discuss the latest healthcare and health IT news, meshed together in new ways which help generate ideas and new perspectives. Plus, we'll have a little fun along the way. In today's episode, we'll be talking about the year in review, the good, the bad, the ugly, the messy. <laughs> It'll be a fun conversation. And be sure to follow the show on Twitter at the hashtag HITSM and our personal accounts at TechGuy and at Colin underscore Hung. Plus, check out our now 15 years of health IT blog content at healthcareittoday.com. 2020 is going to go down in the record books, man. This is going to be a memorable year. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we we are now. Yes, I mean, I, I don't know what I don't know what other adjectives we have, right? Unprecedented, uh, you know, historic. Uh, you know, uh, it's been quite a year. <laughs> yeah, amazing. Both good and bad, though. I mean, I think you know it's so easy to focus on the bad because I think we've all suffered in some way or another. Uh, you know, not all sufferings equal across it, but we've all suffered personally, often professionally, in all sorts of ways. But there's also, you know, I, I'm more and more, and maybe Thanksgiving in our last episode <laughs> did this to me. But you know, I have a lot of gratitude for everything that's been accomplished, and and really the resiliency of the human spirit, uh, which really is behind healthcare is humans. Yeah, I definitely think that it's that and it's all the bad as well, right? Like the good is that we found out who who we really are. And, you know, we're not really quite as bad as maybe the media makes us out to be. We still care mostly about neighbors and friends. And, you know, we try to do our best in terms of keeping each other safe. Uh, and yeah, we saw some companies really step up and some organizations really step up in this time of the pandemic. So, uh, but hopefully, the, you know, this, this show t- today, it, we won't really talk as much about COVID as uh, maybe uh, uh, as we normally would, because I think we've talked about it so much. <laughs> um, so we're going to try to avoid that and talk about some other things. And, and maybe, John, what I'll start is by asking you, you know, what was the most surprising health IT thing that happened in 2020? Yeah. And, you know, I mean, certainly we can't think not talk about COVID in some ways in 2020, but to me, the the most shocking thing is honestly how quickly all of the preconceived biases and notions about telehealth just got blown out the window. (laughs) Whether it's the doctors that said, I could never see a patient on telehealth, they must come in. Or whether it's the patients who are like, I would never do a telehealth visit with my doctor. I need them to come and listen to my heart and I need them to to do the song and dance. And now when you don't have a choice, (laughs) all of that just said, oh, of course I went to my doctor. And then even more importantly was after they did it, Oh, that was really good. Why didn't we do this before? <laughs> yeah, no, it's hard to argue against that. I mean, the, the speed at which um, telehealth had to be adopted, the speed at which the uh, biases came crumbling down, <laughs> the speed at which people learned these tools uh, and learned how to use them and incorporate them into uh, practice uh, was pretty phenomenal. It was, you know, obviously, I don't think implementing a telehealth system was as complex as, let's say, an EHR. But we basically compressed what would have taken like 10 years into like three and a half months. Right? Yeah, so it's crazy. It's pretty incredible um, how fast we all could move. 
Yeah, I'd throw another one in there too. And, you know, I'll put my nerdy tech guy hat on for a second, but, and, and more generally it's the move to the cloud, but not even so much the move to the cloud, but the need to be able to burst and the need to be able to have the services that cloud and the related technology services provide. So as everything went remote, oh, it was great that you could roll out 100 desktops in a virtual environment on the cloud and then be able to pull them all back three months later when everyone was able to go back to the office. Like that like finally showed the light of day and was like, wow, okay, yeah, cloud is amazing here. And related to that was say like ransomware events the cloud and related technologies like backup services became so important in 2020. And we saw that over and over. It was amazing. We've seen health systems go down for entire weeks and even longer. I think there was one that went down for an entire month almost. And you're like, wow, you went down for a month, which to me is a bit of incompetence on the IT side of things. But you know, if you, it showed the importance of having your disaster recovery, of having proper backups, because ransomware doesn't care about any of that. And if you have proper backups, you could restore and sure you're going to lose some data, but at least you have some options and you're not down for a month. So I thought that was a, a good surprise, if you will, that, you know, all this technology that we've heard so much about, go to cloud, you know, <laughs> importance of backups is now like seeing the light of day and a lot of organizations that have them have benefited from it benefited from them and those that didn't they're suffering i have a few uh sort of good news but two of them are sort of like good news in the sense we didn't hear anything so let me start with that one so one of the things that surprised me was we didn't hear about mass layoffs in Mm. health it from providers and to me that was a little bit a little bit surprising given that they had to furlough so many other uh, clinicians, even when elective surgeries got canceled, uh, when people couldn't come in to see their primary care physicians, but we didn't hear about these, okay, well, Hey, we have to furlough a whole half of the health IT team. I'm sure it happened. I'm sure, I'm sure there were some unfortunate teams that, that where that did happen, but we didn't see it on mass. And I thought we would have. Um, I thought people would put their projects on hold or, you know, just not do some things and, or, but either it got all taken up by, you know, telehealth, right. Or (laughs) the other projects that they were kept going because maybe this was an opportunity where people weren't using that system or that system could be taken down or whatever it was, but we just didn't hear about that. So I found that pretty surprising that we didn't see sort of this mass layoffs, mass uh, furlough problem or a thing rear its head on the provider side in health IT. Um, the, other th- the other thing that I was a little bit surprised about was we had heard at the beginning of, of COVID-19 how maybe this would be an opportunity for um, so the nefarious parts of our society to take advantage of healthcare and increase cyber attacks and increase ransomware. And because, you know, obviously people were taking the eye off the ball in terms of those things and really just focusing on delivering care. But we didn't really hear about sort of hospitals getting frozen and, and, you know, not being able to access their EHR. Again, it probably happened. And I'm sure it did happen, but we didn't see this giant, you know, wave of cyber attacks like some people had predicted. 
Yeah, um, I would say from the cyber perspective, we did see some, right? I mean, there was definitely phishing around, hey, do you want to hear about the vaccine protocol or do you want to see? You know? sure. So there were some phishing, but it was all stuff that was familiar to us, I guess, you know. And so they were definitely trying to exploit it. But you're right. I don't think we saw this any sort of wave of, uh, you know, people going down because of COVID. I, I, the project one is surprising to me as well. I thought for sure uh, all these EHR projects would be, you know, really put on hold. But yeah, there was a small hold at the beginning where we said, where are we? What's happening? <laughs> but then it seems like everyone's gone forward. Yeah. And even on the vendor side, I mean, we spoke, we, you know, you and I speak to a lot of vendors and, and they definitely stepped up their game in terms of pumping out needed features and really refocusing on some of the telehealth aspects or the ability to work remotely, those kinds of things, you know, they just they didn't let anyone go or put anyone on furlough. They just said, okay, let's go shift over here and let's work on this. Um, so that, anyway, that, I think that was really nice to see. And that, to me, that was a pleasant surprise. Yeah, there's going to be a long lasting impact too from all of these EHR implementations that had to do virtual go lives. And that's going to transform so much. I mean, there's going to be a lot of consultants that uh, are going to lose status <laughs> on the airlines and hotels, but it's going to be to, you know, their family's benefit of having them home, at least most of them. And then, <laughs> and then it's also going to be to the benefit of healthcare organizations who don't have to pay for all those consultants to be on site. So I think we're going to see a massive change from there. And it's going to be a good one because there was this, feeling of, oh, it's a go live. You need to be here in person. And we found out, hey, this virtual model actually has some benefits over being here in person. So I think that will be a good lasting impact of 2020 as well. Not having status is a good thing. <laughs> but let's switch gears for a moment. Um, and let me ask you this, John. So what non-traditional healthcare company was most in the news in 2020 in your mind? Yeah, I mean, you know, that's non-traditional healthcare that's doing healthcare. I'm going to say Amazon, like, I mean, between what they're doing with PillPack, between their own clinics, you know, there was obviously all the JP Morgan Chase, uh, you know, combination stuff, which to me was a bit of a boondoggle. Uh, you know, I, I would, that wasn't that interesting to me. I was much more interested in, in how they're opening their own pharmacy and they could do their own clinics and potentially virtual care. And of course, they got in with, uh, you know, their AI and, and all of that too, right? I mean, so AI hosting with the cloud, uh, even Alexa has some wellness components. So the one I'm watching that I think was most interesting is definitely Amazon. And it, I bet if you asked most Amazon people, they'd be like, yeah, we're not in healthcare. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, for me, uh, it's a tie, um, which is really a cop-out way to say I have two. But um, <laughs> for, for me, uh, I would say Google in the early days. Um, and because they you know, came out and were in the news around different ways they were trying to help people uh, through the pandemic, course they had the contact tracing and that kind of technology that they said that you know you could use on the phones and an android they also had um, you know put onto their uh, search whenever you searched some mental health issues they would come up with the suicide hotlines and the kids helplines and and those kinds of things which i thought you know it's kind of healthcare related, but it just goes to, you know, it kind of demonstrated to me that they really were living up to the, you know, do, do good kind of motto that they have, because that to me made a lot of sense. Right. And so these little tiny things, they didn't come in a big way in 2020, but I think these little small things show that the company with that much power and that much reach can help in a, in a pandemic situation that we found ourselves in. So for me, Google was early 
and then later um walmart uh Ooh, non-traditional that's true just because of the clinics and the care and you know because they were you know they are deemed an essential service and in many of the places that were even locked down you could still go to walmart and get your groceries uh, therefore, you, the, that was probably one of the few places where you could go and talk to the pharmacist and talk to the doc and and still get treated for some small ailments that you you know might not might have of other you know, otherwise gone untreated. So, uh, and then they were a little bit more in the news around how they had seen the, the rise in their retail um, in their retail um, uh, clinics and so forth. So, I I give a nod to Walmart as well. Yeah. And I think the Google Ascension thing was in it. I mean, it's a bit of a black mark for them. The, I think that was 2020, right? Where right. they took all the data from Ascension Health and people were like, wait a minute, are you allowed to do this? And, you know, I think we actually did a full episode on this. And I think we basically said, yeah, it's a big deal now, but, you know, eight months from now, no one's going to care. Well, I think now as we look back on 2020, nobody really cares. I mean, we all remembered it and we I think it, it started a good conversation and an important conversation. But yeah, no one cares. We care about the value that can be derived from that data way more than we care about the privacy. Right. I mean, all you have to do is look at the contact tracing stuff, right? And had that come out two years ago, we'd be like, wait a minute, my phone's tracking my movements and, <laughs> and you know, like, forget it, right? I don't want that. But now it's like, oh, my phone can track that? Okay, let's do it. Right? <laughs> if I can make contact tracing a lot easier, I'm all for it, right? Well, and I think they learned a lot through the process. So when they implemented the app, they implemented a lot of the privacy features that they probably wouldn't have done if they hadn't gone through some of the challenges they went through earlier in the year. That's probably very true. Hey, listen, if you're just tuning in, you're listening to Healthcare IT Today with John Lin and Colin Hung. We're talking about the year in review, 2020. So kind of related to, a, a little bit related to the question we started off with, John, but what was the best non-COVID-19 thing to happen in health IT this year? You know, I, I wanted to respond. It's all the, the Zoom calls we did with friends, right? <laughs> 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 Although, I mean, you know, I say that half joking because that is how I think we got through <laughs> this, this whole thing. But, you know, um, I, I actually think it might be the connections with people. Uh, although that is that a COVID-19 thing. So I guess I'll take a different one. I'll, I'll take AI. I think mm -hmm. that the data is finally there to do some really cool things with AI. If you check out some of my interviews with NVIDIA around what they're doing with AI, how they're enabling ambient clinical voice and things like that. Uh, even the way I just saw at RSNA, uh, NVIDIA was talking about how they're using AI to enable the radiologist to notate on the radiology image quicker. So imagine the AI engine prompting you for the thing that, that it knows you need to document and all you have to do is say, yeah, that's right. Thank you. You know, <laughs> like, I love that. And I think, you know, we've talked about AI forever, but as we look back, I think 2020 will be that time that the data, the processing, the uh, speeds and everything came together and said, wow, we're seeing some amazing things because we've seen that this year. I like that. I think, you know, we, we saw how important chatbots could be, mm. uh, you know, be, even before, right, to take the load off call center agents and answering, you know, the typical questions on the websites and so forth. Of course, when COVID did hit, we saw how important that became, even, how even more important that became, right, to help disseminate good information about, you know, are you open or not? What precautions are you taking or what, do, what precautions do I have to take if I'm coming in? And, and so, you know, having even as simple as an AI chatbot, 
how helpful that that was or is uh, in in a time where people really are hungering for for good information around like what to do right so i think you know we we um, we talked to asparia right of course who who had a, a chatbot that can do this it was integrated with epic and and that generated a lot of interest because i think people are like you said waking up to say hey it's real now like we can actually do this yeah absolutely i mean it was exciting you know everything that happened with chatbots cuz We'd seen the potential for a long time, but they hadn't really rolled out to healthcare in the same way that maybe they did in other other places. I think there were some other non-COVID nineteen things that that were pretty interesting. You know, of course, yeah. I guess COVID nineteen touches almost everything. I think is one of the challenges. But you know, if you look at it from a communication standpoint, uh, the ability to secure texts, everyone, whether it's the patient, whether it's your organization. I think that was a powerful thing that, you know, really every organization has that. We've seen a lot of consolidation there. Uh, you know, I, I remember one time being at a CIO forum and the CIO of the small hospital had 15 communication systems and you're like, wow, you know, like, how is that happening? But, you know, I think we've bridged that gap a lot. And I think 2020 has been a good year for that. Yeah, definitely. Broadcast messaging, as we used to call it in the in the biz, right? Coming from that business, uh, it definitely became came into its own because before it was more like, you know, hey, once in a while, we might have to text people to say, hey, the parking lot's closed, you know, don't come in on Main Street, come off of the other street. But now it was all around, hey, listen, you know, we have PPE, we're good, we're open, you know, or hey, no, wait in your car, here's the procedure, right? Like, that all of a sudden became a, a massive thing. And we heard, you know, the good stories from companies that had to roll these things out like Tiger Connects and the Lumions and the Well uh, Well Health or Well App. I mean, all these kinds of companies rolling out that kind of technology, um, definitely um, sort of non-COVID related because they've always had it, but certainly we saw because of um, the pandemic, you know, more use of that kind of technology. Um, for me also, because it is hard to avoid COVID, but I, I you know, what the non-COVID story was just, um, for me, the really outpouring of help from the uh, health IT community during the pandemic. I mean, we wrote a lot of, you wrote a lot of stories about how a lot of companies were making their product for free or how they, you know, let people send those free text messages and, and didn't, weren't charging them for it. Or when they had new features and whole new, you know, product lines, right. Uh, they just gave it to their customers, right. They weren't charging for it. weren't charging for implementation. It was free we even heard stories um, and around them scrambling people to go right into the hospital with masks on to help run wires and things and on the infrastructure side to get people, get these temporary hospitals up and running. Uh, so to me, that was sort of, you know, that was really great stories to, to read about in, in, in 2020 for me around health IT, how health IT really came together as an industry to help out the customers that we were serving. Yeah, I think what this conversation tells me is that COVID-19 touched everything. <laughs> Which, to be honest, it's kind of true, right? I mean, you could bring up interoperability, but like, no, interoperability in many ways was about COVID-19. And, and there was a lot of great initiatives there. And, and we realized the issues of not having interoperability amidst COVID-19. And there were a lot of people that are working to solve those problems. But, you know, like if we go down the list, I think everyone, which I guess is the endearing part of 2020, is that everyone in their sphere of influence went in and said, what can I do? 
Right. If I'm a communication system, what can I do? If I'm an interoperability system, what can I do? If I'm security, how can I help? Right. If I'm cloud, how can I help burst it? If I, you know, like if you go across the whole spectrum of health IT, it all was like, how can I help us deal with this challenging, challenging year? Yeah. And that, and that was, it was heartening to see. Right. And, and it was, it, it, people got really creative. I mean, that was the other thing that I loved seeing people. It wasn't just so, Hey, I can give my product away. Some people got creative in terms of, Hey, I can go and help cook meals. Right. Or I'll connect this restaurant, local restaurant to these healthcare workers and, and kind of make that happen. And, or we'll go and cook. It was just, everyone did everything, which was really quite amazing. Really quite amazing. Absolutely. So, so let's, let's go a little bit in the future, but not too far, but John, if we're sitting down, you know, doing episode, you know, 200 of this, um, <laughs> uh, of the show, and we look back at 2020, what will we point to in 20, that happened in 2020 that helped shape the future in terms of health IT? Yeah, I think we touched on a few of them already, right? I mean, it will be interesting to see what happens with telehealth and the way it broke open. It's going to be interesting to see how cloud and AI, you know, those solutions are going to really impact people. You know, so, I mean, we've talked about some, but I still think the biggest one, if we look back at 2020, of course, we're going to think COVID. But when we say, man, how did healthcare get transformed in 2020? And I think the answer to that's going to be the big tech players joining in healthcare. Uh, you know, they, I don't, I mean, they always had the interest, right? I mean, when did I write about Google Health 10 years ago or 15 years ago when it shut down? I think it was even before I quit the day job, right? I mean, they've been wanting to get into healthcare for so long. And every year you're like, yeah, not really, not really. <laughs> okay, you bought into healthcare, but then they would just like destroy whatever company they bought. But this year it just felt different. Like it felt like what they were doing is legitimate health IT solutions. They're not trying to come and, and destroy the industry. They're trying to bring solutions that really make the industry more efficient and more effective. So I think I would look at the big health IT companies as, as really the, when we look back, we're going to say, oh, that was the start of Amazon's owning healthcare or Google really providing these AI solutions to healthcare that leverage their data and make the doctor more efficient. I hope, I mean, I hope you're right, John, because I, I am excited um, because I think those companies bring something that we haven't had in healthcare, which is scale, right? I mean, even, even the largest health IT company, Epic and Cerner, are small compared to Google's yeah, and Apple's and, and IBM's, right? Like, uh, you know, so, so I think you're right. I mean, I hope we will look back at 2020 and go, that was the year that finally Google and Apple and Amazon got it right or made that first tentative meaningful step to getting really into healthcare, right? Well, I mean, this is next episode. Will we regret it? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a whole other story. That's a whole other story. But yeah, they're definitely in. <laughs> Well, the one thing I think that we will remember and look back at 2020, of course, we'll remember COVID and, and the pandemic, but and telehealth and, and things like that. But the one I hope that we will point to 2020 and go, that's when it happened, um, which was you know, interoperability. Because we started the year and the biggest story at the start of the year before the pandemic was going to be info blocking. Right. And all the blocking rules and those kind of things. And that's still coming into play. Right. Like it may now is delayed a little bit, but but that you know, it's going to be there. 
and we through the through the pandemic we realized how bad it is that we cannot share electronic health records very easily right we had to go back to using fax in some cases sneakernet and others right people were using post-it notes right when they couldn't get things out of different systems so i think people are now going to realize hey like we cannot operate like this and we finally have to put some some wood behind the arrow so to speak around interoperability and I think so. I think the combination of legislation that's come into play, the new guidelines, and then now just a recon recognition that okay, we really need to fix this. Um, I'm hoping that we will look back in 2020 and say that was the year that the industry finally said, "All right, we got to do this." Now we've been saying this every year, right? Every year we go to the conferences, this is talked about. But I'm hoping that with what happened, uh, that we look back at 2020 and say that was the year we finally made a significant move in the interoperability. Yeah, I still wish we had like Jonathan Bush often proclaimed that said, hey, we're going to compete with each other, but let's not compete on the basis of not, you know, of hoarding the data, of restricting the data. So, I, you know, I, I hope you're right. I'm not as confident as you may be, but <laughs> I hope you're right. But I think there is something that, that was really wonderful that came out of COVID is, and that was cooperation between healthcare organizations. And this was often competitors that were across the, the street from each other. And COVID gave them a reason to start working together. And I think many of them, when they got together, said, man, we should have done this a long time ago. There's just a lot of opportunity. Sure, we're still going to compete and we're not going to share our trade secrets and all that, right? I mean, they're still going to be cautious, but there is a lot of knowledge that we could share that would better our patients. And that's the right thing to do. So, you know, I am hopeful that that will be something that we look back on and say, Hey, why are you guys working together? Aren't you competitors? And they'll be like, Oh yeah, well, remember in 2020 when we were all suffering, we came together and now we're friends and we work together wherever we can. Yeah. Whether it was, you know, um, PPE or whether it was nurses or just help in general when you had, you know, when they had to build together, build a, a something in a parking lot, right? Like, you know, simple things like that. And yeah, you break down that wall and, and hopefully it stays broken down for, for the next little while. And, and even people across the country, right? It wasn't even just people across the street. That's you know, true. we had we had people in when the pandemic was hitting hard in New York. Nurses came from down south where it wasn't so bad yet, and they came up to New York to help the swamped hospitals up in New York City. And you know, and and I think that that would never have happened had, yeah. had we not had the situation we find ourselves in. So, uh, yeah, it it just shows goes to show that when when the stuff hits the fan. <laughs> healthcare can come together and, and uh, competitors can come together and collaborate. And we even learned something from the Canadians. I mean, that that's at least the first. <laughs> <laughs> I had to do it, man. Oh, well, you had to bring up the Canadian thing. So. <laughs> no, we love our Canadians. Canadians have given us way a lot, you know, especially during COVID, but no, I think it's true. Right. I, I mean, the, the world has come together in many good ways. I think the vaccine administration, you know, and, and really developing the vaccines, another great example of that. And I think we're going to see it again as that vaccine gets rolled out. I think so too. Well, hey, listen, thanks to all of you who tuned into this episode of Healthcare IT Today. You can find out more details about our show by checking out the programs page on healthcarenowradio.com. And please share your voice and engage with the community at healthcareittoday.com and on Twitter using the hashtag HITSM. I'm 
Colin Hung, and my friend and health IT collaborator, John Lin. Thanks for listening. 